0: What's good, everybody, and welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, September 3rd, 2019. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by the new kid on the block, Imran Khan. Howdy. Hey, Imran, it's good to see you again. You know, I gotta be honest, Mm. didn't think we were going to get to host (laughs) another show together before I left.
1: Never underestimate how tired Greg Miller gets after Pat. Uh
0: Well, it's not just that he's tired. I don't actually think he's physically back (laughs) yet. Yeah, I
1: think he's still stuck in Seattle. Or not stuck, but he made the choice to stay in Seattle for the night.
0: Yes, well, because Pax actually went all the way through the end of yesterday. Um, It's a four-day convention and has been for the last couple of years. Um, And then he's going to be out at the end of the week for another event. So he is um, coming for my title of busiest lady (laughs) in the business, I think, this week. But uh, we're excited to be here back hosting. Of course, the show was off yesterday for Labor day here Mm. in the united states so hopefully you guys didn't miss us too much but now we're back with going to be kind of a weird show because there's really not a lot of news and a lot of people didn't write in um to patreon.com slash kind of any games either but we're gonna make it work you guys yeah and it's gonna be great right barrett Barrett, did you did you have a nice holiday weekend uh it was show yeah uh
2: i can't really remember what i did i played (laughs) some madden i played some mlb the show uh, I got into my fantasy baseball um, quarterfinals. So we're in the playoffs right now oh, for congrats. the fantasy baseball league.
0: Fantasy baseball is a slog,
2: it, it's a dedication. <laughs> I yeah. mean,
0: it's like a second full time job. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I have to keep up with it every day. Um, but yeah, it was, it was chill. Very that sounds, jealous that, that everybody was. That sounds was lovely. It. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great.
0: I think grass is always greener, right? Like.
2: Yeah, but there were so many friends at Pax that I wanted to see, and they are all together hanging out without me. Posting photos,
0: making you feel all lonely. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: the thing about seeing friends at Pax is you see them for two seconds, then as you're walking somewhere else, mm. which it's true. is you know frustrating. But it is nice to see people.
0: Yeah, you yeah. really have to like set plans in stone at a big con like PAX otherwise yeah. it's like no. it's like oh I'll run into you later and then like sometimes you no. never do. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I have six appointments between now and later.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where we bring you the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash Games, where you can send us your questions, your squat ups, and everything else under the video game sun. And if you are watching live at twitch.tv slash Games, you've got a special job to help keep us honest and let us know what we screw up as we screw it up by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and giving a submission there to help us set the record straight for everybody listening and watching on podcast services around the globe and at youtube.com slash games. housekeeping for today a big shout out and thank you to everybody who came out to the multitude of events for both Kind of Funny and for What's Good Games at PAX West. It was great to see so many of you um, both at the panels that we did, at the event that What's Good Through, at the interwebsite tournament, which once again was <laughs> a bust for me.
1: Yeah, I've knocked out much <sighs> round.
0: You know, I think I've decided, Barrett. I'm just not going to do it ever again. Everybody (laughs) I
2: root for always, like, fucking gets out, like, really early.
0: We spend so much of a... Like, to dedicate that much time at PAX to be on stage for two minutes, I was like... "Mm." Who
2: did you and OK Beast go up against? Who, like, won your rounds?
0: Um... Was no Cramcraft wasn't in my round.
2: No, I was he? No, which game Who was, he was it? Was
0: Alex Rubens? Mm,
2: okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Alex For, Rubens, the former one. champ. Yeah. After he
0: got clocked in the head with a white claw, <laughs> I know oh, he's God. a champ. He took it like once he got off stage. You guys, it really started bleeding. Yeah. Like oh, like blood, just like what amazed <laughs> me is the first one hit his forehead. The first one hit the forehead,
1: and then he just had a second one just ready to yeah, go. Exactly. Like they were anticipating that. Mm. Yeah,
0: and I am. Um, it was funny because if you guys watched the tournament, you probably didn't hear the the heckles that Steimer was throwing from the front row but she had had a couple tequilas because we kind of pre-sauced before going to the tournament Hell yeah. and Greg called her out I think like three times throughout yeah. the show but yeah. people were tweeting like oh put her on the microphone next time she's going <laughs> to throw all these heckles it was Pretty funny. Um, and we tried to go down in the middle of the panels of the bar and get another drink. But I forgot my wallet upstairs in the panel room, which was seven floors away. Mm. And the bartender would not me because I didn't have my ID. And I was Damn. like, oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> slash, just give me the fucking drink already. It's was really mad.
1: Did you see the part where Greg, in an effort to bribe the uh, PAX techs, tried to give them 20 bucks through Gary's daughter? Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, no, I saw.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very cute because she had no idea what to do. So she just gave the money to Gary.
0: That sounds right. Aww. And then he, he gave another one to you. Yes. What did you do with I it? I pocketed
1: it. Yeah. I, <laughs> in retrospect, the funnier thing to do would have been to give the money to Gary. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah I kept the money.
0: You just kept Greg's money. Good yeah. for you.
1: Hey, we finished on time. It was
2: fine. It you gotta get that contractor risk. money, you know.
0: Okay? <laughs> yeah, everyone's gotta get paid. Um, but you guys can watch um pretty much all of the panels that both Greg did and I did in the PAX uh, Twitch archives at PAX two and PAX three. Yeah. So if you guys missed them, I know a lot of the publishers will will be posting them separately and I will be sending out links for those as well if you weren't able to be at PAX. Um Thank you to our Patreon producers, Retro Games, Blackjack, and Mohammed. And today we're brought to you by Third Love and Raycon. But we'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report.
1: Time for some news.
0: Three and a half items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen? Question mark. Well, it's really three items, and then it's a required reading that we're just going to chat about. But really, like most of this news, there's really only one like news story um, uh, from today that we want to talk about because most of the stuff already came out over the weekend from PAX uh, as far as like what game announcements and things were done there. But I wanted to talk about this one because I thought this trailer was super fun and I also hosted the panel. So (laughs) Um, the Outer Worlds latest trailer tells all the amenities of dystopia. This write up comes from Owen S. Good over at Polygon robots can do number two in the Outer Worlds. At least, that is what stuck with me after watching this three-minute tongue-in-cheek setup for Obsidian sci-fi role-playing game launching at the end of the month. The newest trailer comes to us from PAX West 2019 in the context of a recruitment ad for the low-to-no-standards Halcyon Colony. Viewers are introduced to the environs and gameplay opportunities within the Outer Worlds. If the world of Terra 2 seems shabby and bleak, wait till you'll see the lightly terraformed Monarch. We're also exposed to combat styles, character plus concepts such as robophobia in the remainder of this testimonial. And stepping back for a second, writes OM, it all strikes me as a blend of the colors of Borderlands, the architecture of Bioshock, the planning and zoning ordinances of Bulletstorm, and some of the gameplay systems of Fallout. And I was, hell, still am, a big fan of all of those games, so I mean all of that as a compliment. So let's roll some of this trailer and take a look at it. So a lot of this I was told from the PR team they showed behind closed doors at Gamescom. But this is the first time that they showed it publicly to the world at PAX West.
1: This looks great.
0: Oh yeah, I'm mm. hype for this game. So what's really cool about this trailer is that it kinda gives you a little bit of a slice of a couple of different worlds, because obviously it's the outer worlds. Mm. And during the panel where we had a bunch of members of the narrative team, two senior narrative designers, um, Kate Dollarhide, one of the other narrative designers, and uh, Victoria Sanchez, one of the voiceover actresses who plays the companion Ellie, we're all on the panel talking about some of the cool things you're going to get to see. One of the nuggets of information that we got from the panel that I thought was really interesting was that um, Megan Starks, who is one of the senior narrative designers, said that uh, she was like, this is kind of a hack for the game. Uh, You're going to have two companions with you, well up to two if you choose to take them with you on your adventures throughout the Outer Worlds. She said if you get like a really OP gun if you equip it on your NPC companion they get unlimited ammo Hmm. and so they can just like mow down enemies because they never have to like reload. And I was like, uh, that sounds super cool and fun.
1: Already breaking the game, not even out yet.
0: I know, right? But yeah, I'm a super pun for this. If you guys missed the panel at PAX West, as I mentioned, it was on I believe Twitch TV such PAX Three from the Raven Theater. Oh, there's the Sissy Pig. <laughs> we talked about the origin of the Sissy Pig. I was surprised how many people didn't know what it was in the panel room, but then when she explained it, it sounded even grosser to them. Yeah, I saw it the just looking time. at the
1: thing and like hearing the name, I'm kind of piecing it together, and I don't want to.
0: So, in the universe of the Outer Worlds, resources are scarce. And so they don't want to kill the pigs. They genetically modified them so that they grow tumors that they can then cut the tumors off and then grind them into meat products that can be used for food.
1: Yeah, I was right. I didn't want that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay. I think that's enough Barrett. You kind of got to listen to all the dialogue in order for, to really get the humor mm-hmm. of this trailer, but I just wanted to uh, give you guys a little look. Uh, so if you guys want to go check that out, that is on the outer world's YouTube channel. And, uh, are you excited to play I The Outer Worlds?
1: We played it at Judge's Week and that was the only for Judge's impression, so we couldn't actually really talk about it but theoretically if I could have talked about it I probably would have said it was one of my favorite games there. Yeah. yeah. But I mean
0: that same that same piece of gameplay they then put out another later press event. Yeah. So you can technically Okay, talk so about yeah, it. that
1: game that demo was great. Like probably honestly the best game I played at Judge's Week and I as someone who kind of liked Fallout but wasn't necessarily in love with it, this kind of hit all my buttons and like It gave me that kind of feeling of, oh, this is an entire actual realized world that's surprisingly well-written and well-realized and well-structured.
0: Why'd you say surprisingly? Because they've been talking
1: about it as if it's like a budget game. That like,
0: that's fair. They yeah. have mentioned on a couple of occasions that they had to cut some features that they were looking at potentially adding like romances, for example, yeah. because they just didn't have the scope for this project.
1: Right. And the way they make it sound like, hey, don't expect fallout for whatever. Right. Which I don't. And like, that's probably a good thing they said that. But I, I guess that put my expectations lower than uh, just what they actually delivered, which is a very cool, very competent RPG. Dude,
0: I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. i I just gotta somehow finish everything I'm doing in Borderlands before <laughs> before it, it comes out. Um, all right, next story. A forty minute Nintendo direct has been announced for this week featuring all right. Pokemon Sword and Shield, Luigi's Mansion 3 and more. Adam Bankers wrote this up over at IGN. Nintendo has announced a 40-minute Nintendo Direct for Wednesday, September 4th. That's tomorrow, everybody, at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern. They will focus on 2019 Nintendo Switch games, including the ones that I just mentioned. As with all of the Nintendo Direct announcements, no further details were given, but 40 minutes gives Nintendo a lot of time to provide at least a few surprises for fans of the Nintendo Switch. One of the most requested items has to be the Super Nintendo games being added to Nintendo Switch Online. And with a recent FCC filing that may have revealed a wireless snes controller and the one year anniversary of the nintendo switch online coming up this may be the perfect time to announce it we may also hear more about the nintendo switch Lite and the legend of zelda links awakening both of which will be released on september 20th even though the nintendo mentions this will be focused on 2019 nintendo switch games many of us will be hoping for one more glimpse of titles such as metroid prime I wouldn't hold your breath, Adam.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's ready
0: to show. Nintendo at all. usually sticks to their guns when they say, "Hey, the Switch is going to be about this thing." They don't generally add an they, Easter egg or teaser, but do, every once yeah. in a while, they do.
1: They will do that. I don't think they'll ever sh- they'll show Metroid Prime until it's ready to show, especially considering they announced it way too early. Right. But yeah, I'm excited about this, and I think the the comment about the SNES games is bang on. Like that's for sure happening. In my opinion, I'm not saying like I know that for a fact, but. I kind of wonder, is it coming with a price increase as well? Do you think they're going to just add SNES games, or do you think they're going to add money to that subscription cost?
0: I hope they don't increase the price. It feels like the wrong time. They have a lot of goodwill going in, especially after the reveal of Switch Lite. seems like people are very excited for that and for Pokemon. And I just think that it would be the wrong move to do a price increase right before the holidays. Yeah, when you're trying to incentivize people to buy a brand new piece of hardware, keep it the same, make the value proposition impossible to refuse for people, and then you know you'll reap the rewards.
1: Yeah, I don't think they should because I, unless that service improves, like it's still using phones for voice chat, it's still like. There's still the weird things where some games have their individual codes and nothing actually uses your login at this point. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this is Nintendo who thinks that SNES games still have so much more value than we think they do. So I could see them being pretty stubborn about that, saying, well, if you want them, you need to pay more.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not wrong that Nintendo can be stubborn about some of their business practices, but I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and hope that that's not the case. How Hmm.
2: much is uh, Nintendo Switch Online, do we know? 20 bucks a year. Okay.
0: Yeah, so it's super cheap, yeah, but it's also not very robust, right. As far as the other platforms like PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live, mm. um, or PlayStation, yeah, no PlayStation. Well, really, Plus anything, is
1: honestly, like any other service, it's not nearly as robust.
0: Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's not baked into the platform is really the biggest drawback for me as a user. That I have to like use a secondary device yeah. is super frustrating. But I'm hoping that they're going to be able to fix that once they are able to iterate on the internal circuitry of the Switch. Which, you know, we talked a lot about and speculated a lot about like a Switch Pro and what that would look like. Mm -hmm. Which we know is going to come at some point in the Switch's generation. We just don't know when. Hmm. Probably not until next year at the earliest.
2: What if they made like, uh, if they announced tomorrow as well alongside like SNES games. Like a bunch of new features for Nintendo Switch Online, and then like added a $5 increase for the year overall, like to make it $25 a year. I think that'll be fine. I think they yeah. need to
1: fix it. That's yeah. the main thing. So yeah, if that- they do that, then I'd be okay paying more.
0: They mm. would have to add, yeah, they would have to add something yeah, to make it worthwhile for the I- increase. Yeah.
2: No, that's totally fair. But. I'll still pay for it to get those uh, SNES games, though. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, we talk all the time about how Nintendo fans just continue to buy the same games over and over again on each platform. And I honestly don't mind, because I think that they, a lot of them stand the test of time. I just want them to look and play awesome.
1: Yeah. Do you so. think that Overwatch thing from last week is going to have anything to do with this direct?
0: No, oh. I don't. I thought that... For a half a second, I was like, oh, potentially. If anything, we might see a tease. I don't think they do an outright announcement. What I do think they might do is tease a character from overwatch for smash Mm -hmm. that would be something because that was one of the leaks or the rumors that we were talking about is the snk character for smash that's rumored we're like do we talk about that on the show today and we decided not to really bring it up too much even though boards and i see you wrote in about the rumor mills um that are spinning but it's tomorrow like so i don't want to spend too much time speculating on rumors so to be clear it's not actually
1: a rumor it's a thing nintendo did list Of this is an SNK character is coming to Smash. Mm -hmm. It's just they put it up way too early. Mm -hmm. So for I don't know that we'll see it tomorrow, but it does seem like the next DLC character is going to be SNK SNK character.
0: So no tracer in Overwatch then, I guess. Maybe
1: not this time. Not right now. (laughs) Though I do think honestly we might see Overwatch tomorrow.
0: Hmm. You think so?
1: I my gut says yes.
0: I I would hope that Blizzard would save that for BlizzCon because they don't really have a lot of stuff to talk about at BlizzCon besides Diablo Four, that's and we fair. don't even know if that's happening this year. Mm. But after the disappointment of last year, I would. Hope,
1: yeah, you'd think. I they'd hope ha- that they would be like, we got to have
0: at least something to show, like a teaser asset or some kind of a trailer. They something. can show
1: the maybe the logo tomorrow and like release that case officially or whatever, then actually show like gameplay and stuff on
0: BlizzCon. That might be that might be worth it. I mean, but like. Is Overwatch gameplay on in a trailer yeah. going to look different than regular Overwatch does? No. Unless, and not unless they're like, adding like a new yeah. map that's Nintendo-specific.
1: That would be Ooh. cool. Like a Nintendo, Nintendo Switch exclusive would map? Cool. Would they do mm. that?
0: No. they they Have, have they done ex- platform-exclusive maps on no. Overwatch?
1: No. Yeah, they haven't.
0: Or modes or anything? No. Costume skins? They haven't, right? They haven't partnered with yeah, a platform to do so. exclusives? This is a kindofunny.com slash you're wrong moment. <laughs> Uh, please write in if they have done anything platform exclusive mm. for Overwatch. Even if it was a Blizzard.net exclusive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they, I, my I don't think is they now. have. But this would be a good time to do it. Like they did that stuff in Diablo. Is so. it? Or will
0: there <laughs> yeah. be a massive backlash of people being very angry oh, about it? Oh, that's true anyway. <laughs> um,
2: true. And, and as for the Directs, people have already been asking us if we're, do, if we're planning to do anything around the Direct tomorrow. We're looking into it. When we know, you'll know. Yeah. So I'm just to uh, give Don't the viewers <laughs>
0: everyone's tired from packs. <laughs> and it's in the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to the next story. Marvel's Avengers will sell alternate costumes on its marketplace. This write up comes from Mike Williams at US Gamer. After E3 2019, I walked away from my hands-off demo of Marvel's Avengers from Crystal Dynamics and had a lot of questions. The reveal was very light on actual details about the game, how it plays, and how the heroes handle But today, at PAX West 2019, Crystal Dynamics head of studio Scott Amos spent some time giving us all those details in addition to a hands-on version of the E3 demo. During the presentation, Amos outlined the customization available to the starting heroes of Marvel's Avengers. Captain America, Black Widow, Iron Man, Hulk, and Thor all have costumes that reflect their lengthy history in Comics, films, and television. We have 80 years of history to look through. There are probably more outfits than we could possibly make for these characters, says Amos. And beyond that, we're being pushed again by that word originality. What new things can we add? What new custom designs? What do you guys want? Outfits are visual only and not tied to your hero's gear and skills, but how do you pick up all those unique looks for your favorite Marvel heroes? A lot of these outfits you earn just by playing, says Amos. You'll actually go through and accomplish hero missions, war zone missions, or some specifically to go find certain outfits tied to some narrative. There are also outfits you can only purchase from our marketplace. Hero missions are focused on one hero in single-player action, while Warzone missions are all about cooperative play with up to four heroes. This is the first mention of additional monetization for Marvel's Avengers, but Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics have promised new heroes and new missions as free updates to the game, which they mentioned back at E3. The studio also said that there are no random loot boxes or pay-to-win scenarios, leading us to question how Marvel's Avengers would fund ongoing development. It sounds like costumes might be one vector. So I got the pleasure of playing Marvel's Avengers at PAX West. We talked about it in the What's Good Games Live panel, which will be uh, published on Friday if you guys want to hear some more lengthy details. But before I go into my thoughts... Imran, when I said, Hey, have you played Marvel's Avengers? Did you see it at PAX? You said, No, I saw it at E3 and I didn't like it. I did
1: not like it. I was actually very disappointed by the way it looked and like maybe playing it is a whole different thing. But so the E3 demo is that uh, initial tutorial area where you play as all four heroes one by one and it looks it's like, like the
0: opening cinematic to the game essentially. Yeah, basically.
1: We're like the the Avengers Day thing.
0: A day, yeah. Yeah.
1: So it, the actual. Beat-to-beat gameplay seemed very boring and it seemed rote. It didn't seem like a thing that, like, I wouldn't see anyone excited to make that, you know, of, oh, all well, this Thor is just doing some very basic Arkham stuff and he's hitting soldiers with hammers and they're just kind of flying five feet. It's, it wasn't interesting, I should say.
0: I have to say, once you get your hands on it, I think your impressions might change. Okay. So I played all five heroes in the demo, Mm -hmm. and my favorite by far was Thor. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they brought on uh, Vince from the Sony Santa Monica team. I always forget Vince's last name, or how to say it. Let me look it up. Um, For the lead combat designer... Um, who created the combat gameplay for the Leviathan axe right. in God of War, which is essentially Mjolnir, yeah, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And so I thought it felt really fun to get in the mix and have this like melee style combat, like just whacking people with Mjolnir and like spinning it around and doing these supers and then calling down the lightning strike. I thought it was super satisfying. They didn't show us much of Thor's in air gameplay of him like being in the sky, mm-hmm. uh, but they kind of teased at it and hinted about about it. I also really loved playing as Black Widow and as Hulk. Hulk. I mean, when you play a tank in a game, they're usually like pretty like slow and heavy feeling because yeah. that's by design. But like Hulk feels just super fast and powerful because he's the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And so like when you're jumping around as Hulk, you just kind of really like soar. You can like do these wall runs, which is super cool. And there's something I don't know what it is, but like when you grab two enemy NPCs and you can like smash them together, it's like. I don't know it's, that was a weird part. it's like, oddly satisfying it looks
1: cool but I feel like Hulk is straight up killing people there which is strange but like I talked to Crystal Dynamics at E3 and they said the Hulk portion was the most polished so I wonder if it just everything else has gotten more polished since then
0: probably I mean they've had a couple of months to, to tweak that vertical slice that they built yeah. um, and, but this is also why you maybe don't let people play the game at the first time you show it because the build isn't quite ready for it or people could potentially break the, the demo build that they brought right. like I thought uh, Black. Widow's gameplay was super fun, too, because you get to mix a lot of these more acrobatic uh, melee moves that she has with the ranged gunplay. And you can really switch between them really quickly, which I I liked as well. And she's got a cloak ability as her her special, Mm -hmm. uh, which was super fun. I just I what I saw made me excited to see more. And so what Mike is writing about here in the story is this much more attention to detail about how the game is going to work between the hero missions and the war zone missions and all of the customization. So each hero in the game is going to have its own skill tree and perk system that's designed specifically for that hero. So when you're going to like level up special abilities, it's going to feel tailored for that hero's history within the Marvel lore and their special abilities and their powers and the gadgets and the stuff that they use within their own IP in the universe. That also is
1: very ambitious, but in a way that like, I'm kind of like ambitious from a workflow perspective of it basically sounds like every single hero is their own kind of game.
0: Sort of. But that's why I think they're starting with just the five heroes and that they're going to add additional playable heroes down the line because they want to get these heroes right. Um, Obviously, I didn't we didn't get to spend much time going through the skill tree. They just kind of showed us some screenshots of what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, But what they said specifically is that you'll be able to level up these heroes through both the hero missions and the war zone missions and that your progression carries with you. So let's say you're playing Hulk you go and you play a Hulk story mission and then you want to like main Hulk in your Warzone missions. When you bring him back to a story mission for Hulk, he'll be the leveled up version that you've been playing with in the Warzone missions. And the game will dynamically scale the difficulty to the level that you're at.
1: That I didn't realize it was like so split up between like single player and multiplayer, which is probably good for a storytelling perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious how they balance it. Like, is there going to be ones that are just... Oh, I, w- I would love to play this with a friend, but this is a you know Iron Man only mission.
0: If it's an Iron Man only mission, that's not co op. It's single yeah. player only. So
1: I wonder if it's just gonna it's gonna end up in that situation of this has cool moments that I can't experience with friends, and I wanted to play this co op.
0: Potentially, Yeah. I guess that's going to be a remains to be seen. That's going to be something they have to
1: like think about when they design it. But yeah, yeah, that game's coming in kind of hot. Like it's coming only,
0: in hot. It's not coming out until May next year.
1: May's fairly soon in, a, in the life of game development for a live service game.
0: That's true, but remember, this game was announced several years ago, it was so it's been yeah. in development for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the things that they showed us and peeled back in this behind closed doors, like. Unveiling looks like they're much farther along than people realize. yeah But I get why you're skeptical. A lot of people are, right? Like the the name Avengers carries a lot of weight with a lot of people for a variety of reasons. And so, and especially comic book fanboys are more skeptical than your average fanboy. So like I get it. People are like, I don't know if this is gonna be good or not. And that's fine. Well, I just wait until it comes out like, then. I'm
1: skeptical because Avengers, like you said, it's a name that carries a lot of weight, mm-hmm. but it's it carries so much weight that I feel like Square Enix should be putting way more resources behind it
0: do you think that they're not
1: I think the way that game looked at E3 from like in a public and behind closed doors mm-hmm. perspective was not that enticing
0: wow I guess we just are so different I mean and you know just as a reminder I of course did work with Square Enix mm-hmm. on the Marvel's Avengers showcase at E3 and I worked with Square Enix at um at PAX this year too so maybe I just have a more like bird's eye no oh, that's not the one I want to use I I'm just I'm, I'm closer to the project mm-hmm. so I've talked to the team about it more than you have but yeah. like it bums me out that you're like, it looks like shit, man.
1: I would not say it looks like shit. I That's say it the looks like I'm getting from
0: you errone. I will say
1: that like <laughs> the one thing I do think looks like shit is the character designs.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, what, what give me your thoughts, Barrett?
2: Captain America looks chonky and I don't like it. He looks chonky? He looks chonky. They
1: look they look like they're people who are cosplaying I as well. I think the movie he characters. looks
0: muscular. I guess our different our uh, our definitions of chonky are different. <laughs> I will also say
1: I, t- I know Crystal Imex didn't see that coming. See what coming. The, the people would have a backlash against the character designs. Oh yes, they did.
0: No. Trust me, we talked about it before when I was in rehearsals with them before the before the reveal, mm-hmm. they all knew. They okay. were they were prepared.
1: So I would talk to some artists that were saying, like, oh, Crystal Dynamics is trying to hire me to fix that off the E3 floor. They were saying that they Fix what? Fix the character modeling. Cause it looked because they didn't realize everyone hated it that much. Mm.
0: Oh, hmm. I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't, I I must have missed those conversations about people hating. I, we knew, and it was obvious from the chatter online that people were not prepared for different faces because... Endgame had just come out the month ahead of it, right? right? Like, it was like four to six weeks before that What reveal happened was when Endgame launched and so people were very much tied to all of these faces of the MCU. That, of course, is understandable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you see Black Widow's face, you expect to see Scarlett Johansson. I think and, it was specifically Black Widow's you know, hair that, that they were
1: complaining about. Mm. Well, it's
0: like the... the- <laughs> Yeah, that's a problem. Okay, like sure. Showing in development
1: games, you Complain run into these situations. Complain about the hair. I guess,
0: I, I guess I'm just like a... But again, this is, right. it's an Avengers
1: game. You'd think yeah. it's a billion dollar, a multi-billion dollar franchise. Yeah. You'd think the resources would be behind it to make sure things like that don't happen.
0: I saw some of the skins that they're bringing. They showed a couple skins in this Behind Closed Doors meeting and the skins look good. Mm-hmm. So remember that like it, these original costumes are just part of the extensive cosmetics that they're building into the game. So it's... It's possible that they didn't want to spend too much money, like refining like this one look, when they know that players are going to want to customize their Hulk or oh, their Iron Man. <laughs> you know <laughs> if if what the
1: I mean? the answer is they want to make them uh, make the ones that cost money better, mm-hmm. that might be a thing everyone will to dislike.
0: Well, I mean, listen, every game that has skins does it, whether it's Overwatch or Street Fighter yes. or Mortal Kombat or literally any game that offers cos- cosmetic skins. There's going to be some the ones that you pay for are going to be the shinier ones than potentially some that are just built into the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's not a new concept. Anybody who's been charging for DLC has been doing that for yeah. years. But they very specifically said that the skins have no effect on gameplay and that there will be many, many, many customizations that you can earn in-game.
1: Yeah, I don't want to trash it till we see what they're actually doing with it. Yeah. But I, I want to like this game a lot.
0: Do you I do. It sounds like I, you're like. I was. It sounds like I you're was like. very man, hyped for it. I'll think about like in this game.
1: Going into E3, I was like, oh man, <laughs> Avengers is going to be a thing. Like, there's no way they're going to screw up Avengers. And like, I don't think they're screwing it up, but I think. I, you're, you're skeptical. W- their feet should be held to the fire a little bit so we don't get a, a product that's kind of incomplete when it comes out and they slowly start fixing it.
0: Their feet mm. should be held to the fire. What does that mean for you, Imran?
1: It means I'm going to criticize the hell out of it until we see the things I'm criticizing are fixed
0: until they he sees pre-alpha gameplay and goes fuck you this looks bad but fix it. it.
1: It's not okay it would be one oh, thing Imran.
0: It would be one I guess thi- you and I just have a fundamentally different way of, of looking at something like this. If they
1: showed it to me personally just like okay mm-hmm. this is what we're working on blah, then blah, blah. why
0: didn't you go see it at PAX?
1: They didn't invite me. I, I got my Square Enix invite for like Trials of Mana in Final Fantasy 7
0: Next time just ask me I'll bring I'm you in. You can be a freelancer for what's good games Imran anytime <laughs> Alright let's move on shall we?
1: Alright.
2: Did you see Final Fantasy 7 though?
1: I did. It was the same as the E3 demo. Uh, yeah, uh, but they invited me good, to come
0: play it too, and I was like, "Oh, but we already saw this."
1: I just wanted to play it again. I was Hell like yeah. this fucking rocks. God, I'm so
0: excited. Um, all right, so the next one is kind of like the half story where we're kind of kind of dumb, uh, dumb. Deem is the word I'm looking for there. Uh, required reading, because I thought it was kind of interesting. It's from Brendan Sinclair over at gamesindustry.biz. And the title is, What Convinced Ubisoft to Launch Its Own Subscription Service? Certainly something that we talked about on this show of kind of like a head scratcher of like why they chose to get into this highly competitive subscription game, especially in the wake of them announcing their partnership with Google Stadia. Um, and so... The article goes into uh, deep detail, so I'm just going to read a couple of the opening paragraphs. Uh, The game subscription service landscape welcomed another significant player today as Ubisoft launched Uplay Plus, which offers PC gamers more than 100 Ubisoft games for $15 a month. Among the service's biggest selling points is access to the premium versions of new Ubisoft games like Watch Dogs Legion and Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint on the day they launch. In advance of the service going live, GamesIndustry.biz speaks with Ubisoft VP of Platform and Product Management, Brenda Panagrossi, who explains how Ubisoft sees the offering fitting into its overall business. Quote, we see it as a growing business model for the industry and see it as something that will be complementary to our normal distribution, selling through physical and physical retailers. Panagrossi says the company's belief in the service as a complementary piece to its traditional business is partly informed by a survey it commissioned last year of 4,000 15 to 45-year-old players who had PlayStation 4, Xbox One, or PC games. Many of our gamers already have subscriptions, either to video services or other game content subscriptions, and then also online services like Xbox Live and PSN subscriptions. Panagrossi added, we found there was a broad interest but it was especially interesting to hardcore gamers, those who usually buy more than 10 games a year and play more than 20 hours a week. Many of the consumers that express a lot of interest have multiple platforms. So, that's when the article transitions into the specifics of what they found in the survey Mm -hmm. and some of the details of the answers they got from this group of uh, of gamers that they surveyed so if you guys are interested in some of those nitty-gritty details and what that survey said about how people are spending money on their subscriptions and what they're looking for in a game service subscription um, head on over to gamesindustry.biz and check out brendan sinclair's article what do you think Imran? is there enough space for everybody to have their own subscription service
1: absolutely not Ubisoft might be successful. Not everyone can do this.
0: Why do you think Ubisoft has an edge over others?
1: Because they've hit that perfect nexus now between ongoing live service games that are doing well and a decent back catalog. So they can have a subscription service where people will come on for Rainbow Six Siege and not realize they're paying for 15 months of it because they'd like just enjoy playing the game and they're already sunk cost in. And they also have those things of they have. 15 Assassin's Creed games, people can just, like, oh, I want to play the first hour of Assassin's Creed 2 real quick. Or there's a rumor now that Assassin's Creed 4 is getting ported to the Switch. So clearly there's, like, a, a thing of people Wait, want- really?
2: Yo, that would be fucking tight. Let's <laughs> go. I've heard
1: uh, 4 and Rogue. So maybe, maybe that's a thing tomorrow. Who knows?
2: Ooh, black flag. Let's go, Andrea. <laughs> On the Switch?
0: I mean, I'd be down.
2: Top two fucking Assassin's Creed games right there. I well, like the-
0: Rogue is good. Not no, top no, no, no. two. Uh,
2: no, Black Flag Black is top Flag, two. Black yeah. Flag, yeah, yeah. For me,
0: it's Brotherhood's number one. Black Flag is number two. For me, well, actually, oh, Odyssey might have overtaken Black Flag. Oh, we'll talk about that later.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'd say two, and I don't know. I'm not putting enough time into Odyssey, but Syndicate's probably my second favorite.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Fair. That's fair.
1: I really like that old that, the theming and like the multiple characters and all that. But yeah, so I just
0: hated the guns and the train. Oh, I hated that train. I like
1: the train because you could just hop onto it, and just ride it where you needed to go. Yeah. But the actual like hub aspect of it kind of sucked, but yeah, like they have that nexus of things that people would be interested in, whether or not they like. It's the same thing that's happening in the cable, right? Of everyone's getting into subscription service, but it's really realistically going to be Disney and Netflix at the end of it, right? So. I I had a talk with EA people a couple of years ago Uh and they mentioned to me like what if you could just play the same game on every platform like you could buy it once and that's it and that's essentially what EA Access became so maybe that is where Mm. the model
0: Mm -mm. because EA Access was exclusive to Xbox One until very recently yeah
1: because Sony eventually had to sign off on it
0: well, no. They Sony or EA did a deal with Xbox to bring EA access exclusively to Xbox.
1: Was that the because de- their Sony's statement at the time was, "We don't think this is a good fit for our audience. Like they don't, we don't think it's a good value for them."
0: And you believed that, Imran?
1: I believe Sony is like that.
0: <laughs> I mean, of course, they are like that.
1: But it, the idea of what if you just bought the game and you like from the creator directly. And then you could play it on whatever platform you wanted. That makes sense, but you have to be a big enough publisher to be able to pull that off.
0: Well, right, because the publishers of the platform holders get a percentage of each game that's published on their platform. Right. So it doesn't behoove someone like Nintendo or Sony to allow you to play a game that you bought, you know, on an Xbox platform. Yeah. Even if you bought it through EA Access on Xbox, right? Like, obviously, EA is always going to take home the most amount of that that pie of money at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but it's something that is this pie in the sky idea. Obviously this is what Stadia is trying to do, right? Right. But like, we don't know yet if Stadia will work on the platforms. Like if the Stadia is going to have like an app within the Xbox live ecosystem, for oh, example. I really doubt it. Um, I do too. But if you can still pull up a browser on your console, mm. maybe that will work. I don't know. And, and that's a question I should have asked. I did get to see <laughs> Google Stadia at, uh, at PAX as well. Um, but I think it's a pie in the sky. Like this is what gamers want for sure. 100% agree. I would love to be able to play Destiny 2 and the hundreds of dollars of money I've spent in that game, both on DLCs, season pass, seasonal content, skins, etc., um, or um, you know engrams and whatever, I-, I wish I could take that investment that I've made on PlayStation 4 and bring it to the other platforms, but I can't. Right? You know, There's cross saves, so I can bring my Guardian with me, but I can't bring all of the content that I've bought with me. I have to rebuy it all again if I want to play on Xbox One.
1: But I feel like these conversations are happening between publishers and console makers now for next generation. Of trying to figure out like, well, we have these subscription services. This is where we see things going. Mm-hmm. What can we do to make it work better? And I bet you, I'm sure Sony is very resistant to it. I'm sure Microsoft is in certain aspects of it.
0: Right. But this is still just for PC. Imran. This is
1: currently just for PC. But I think that we are going to see in the future that everyone is going to be pushing the boundaries as far as they can take it. I hope so. Because I don't think the traditional model is going to work as well for them anymore. Of oh, The $60 game and like they buy it once and that's it. So yeah we'll see how it works out. i I think Ubisoft will be more successful than most, but I don't see them being I don't see this replacing any sort of business for them.
0: You mean the just the money that they make from the subscription service?
1: Yeah, it's not going to be their main priority. It'll still always be what they're doing now, or of not course. always but for at least the Well, the, next the console years. market's
0: too big for it to be their main priority if they, If they right. had launched it across all platforms, it would have been different.
1: Yeah, when we'll see what happens with PlayStation 5 and X or Scarlet. yeah, see what they do then.
0: The, we'll fut- see. the future is unknown and bright and so far away, Imran. If we wanted to know maybe what was coming to the mom and grab digital shops today, where would we go?
1: The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday.
0: do 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 Out today. There's actually quite a few games up today. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, before we get to out today, because it's a little bit late in the show, why don't I just talk about... Who makes kind of funny games daily possible Give uh, giving a shout out and a thank you to our sponsors. Third love is the first one for today. We've talked about Third Love all the time on this show. The Kind of Honeys are all rocking Third Love bras, and you should too. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Skip the trip and find your fit with Third Love's online Fit Finder. Order and try in at home with no more awkward fitting room experiences. They truly are the worst. Perfect fit promise is uh, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it and third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third loves team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. And they're available every day via help, text, chat or phone and returns and exchanges are free and easy. Plus, the comfort and quality is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own with straps that won't sl- won't slip and tagless labels with no itching. They're lightweight, super thin, foam memory cups, mold to your shape, and are proprietary to Third Love. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners fifteen percent off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com games to find your perfect fitting bra and get fifteen percent off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com games for fifteen percent off today try the lounge pro that use it's really comfortable it's one of my faves next up raycon it's 2019 and everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds but before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know that Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbud on the market and that they sound just as amazing. But the latest model is their best one yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and they're perfect for on the go listening and for taking phone calls. Cool Greg has been rocking these earbuds and he loves them. In fact, he gave them the Cool Greg hand gesture of approval. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And you've heard us talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, and even... People like J.R. Smith are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon by getting your 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash KF Games. That's buyraycon.com slash KF Games for 15% off your Raycon wireless earbuds. B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash K F Games. All right. Out today. Barrier X is on Switch. Blindfold of Verite VR Experience is on PS4 and PSVR. Buildings Have Feelings 2 is on PS4, <laughs> Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Might need to get a look at that one. Catherine Full Body Launch and Premium Editions are out today for PS4. Children of Morta is on PC. Conan Chop Chop is on PS4, P- Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Final Fantasy VIII Remastered is out for PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Finn in the Ancient Mysteries is on Switch. The Last Oasis is on PC post-war dreams ps4 and Xbox xbox Oh my god it's really just like an a building with little arms and legs you guys i've seen
1: this but i don't remember in what context
0: so it's like a it's like a multi-story building with windows on the front like a three-story it's got a little shop and then it looks like apartments above it and it's got legs and they're walking around They look adorable. they're pretty <laughs> cute and there's like little stick people in the world with them the city is alive it says buildings have feelings too interesting Hmm. um project nimbus code mirai is out on ps4 root letter last answers on ps4 and switch shell shock lives on ps4 spiral reignited trilogy comes to pc and switch the perplexing orb is on ps4 torchlight 2 is finally out on consoles on ps4 xbox one and switch today and the code vein demo is out today as well for ps4 and xbox one the demo gives players access to the game's character creation tool which is amazing the code Vane character creator is like you could spend hours just in that. It's, it's really so good. In depth. Explore the game's beginning area, and you of course, you can dive into the depths, the challenging dungeon that will test any revenant's metal. Um, So if you guys have been wanting to test out Code Vein, the demo's out today. New dates. Warner Brothers Interacted, the Lego Group, and Lucasfilm announced Lego Star Wars Battles, an action strategy game that blends iconic Lego Star Wars characters, vehicles, and locations with real-time multiplayer battles. So I asked them if they could send me like a trailer or screenshots, and they only were revealing the logo today. (laughs) Uh, Lego Star Wars Battles allows players to mix and match characters and vehicles from all eras of the Star Wars galaxy, building a deck of light side or dark side forces to battle in fast paced competitive matches featuring content from all nine saga films, Star Wars, the Clone Wars and Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Players can collect iconic heroes and villains such as Luke Skywalker, Rey, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Boba Fett and Darth Vader, along with characters like Porgs, Stormtroopers, Battle Droids and a variety of vehicles from AT 80s to Tide Bombers. Yeah, that's right. I said AT 80s. Come at me, bro. What is it supposed to be? Atts? Yeah, so so you know, some nerds out there think it's at atts.
1: That sounds dumb. I I like AT better, even if it's not correct, it just sounds better. Thank you. Yeah.
0: I think the community's really split. The last time I did a Twitter poll about this, it was like forty nine to fifty one. It was oh. like right down the middle.
2: Yeah, I can't I, I can't even remember what like my dad and I say we probably go back yeah. and
0: forth. Everyone always likes to pull this random 80s commercial where they say at ads, but I've uh, talked to people on Lucasfilm, and the they 80s. say it's even split inside the studio. I don't no, know how to say no. it. So, um, Okay, where was I? The indie developer Don Studio has announced their upcoming, oh, so the game, sorry, is coming in 2020 to the App Store and Google Play. As a free download with in-app purchases. Uh, The indie developer Dawn Studio has announced their upcoming third-person multiplayer survival game Gold Express will launch in early access this fall. The first official trailer teases a futuristic world where the machine elites with advanced AI are transformed human battles against each other. It's kind of a very cyberpunk-themed game. Um, And remember, cyberpunk is a genre of of literature, (laughs) not just the name of one video game. Calling all tiny brave engineers a lot of games. The publisher behind Niflheim and Brave Land Trilogy today announced that they are bringing the endearing puzzle game The Tiny Bang Story to Nintendo Switch on October 4th. Red Dead Online Summer Update launches next Tuesday, September 10th, and with it comes the first of three new frontier pursuits. Specialist roles that each include a unique path, themed activities, items, and more as you progress through each role. In addition to the roles of the bounty hunter, trader, and collector, the Summer Update also delivers a wide array of new content such as new daily challenges, a daily role challenge, more dynamic events happening across the frontier, and a slew of new items along with across-the-board enhancements to the player movement and responsiveness, and the ability to reset your character's appearance and a range of other improvements. Uh, More details can be found at rockstar.com. All right. I forgot to pull a deal of the day. I got one for
2: you. Yeah? Uh, The PlayStation PSN, uh, PS Plus games are out today. Uh, well, starting then. this morning which was batman arkham knight and darksiders 3.
0: those so, are both excellent games yes mm-hmm.
2: so pick those up
0: there you go now it's time for reader mail Let's see. Speaking of Cyberpunk, Parker Petroff writes in and says, Hello, KFGD crew. I've been eagerly awaiting Cyberpunk 2077. So I was wondering how the footage that was released to the public on Friday compared to what you saw behind closed doors at E3. As I had gotten the impression that the E3 demo was around 50 minutes, whereas only 15 minutes was released on Friday. So, Parker, you are correct. The behind closed doors demo was almost a full hour long of gameplay. And the stuff, I mean... CDPR has released very long demos. I remember them doing it for The Witcher. Right. But I'm guessing the reason they didn't want to do that quite yet is because part of what they showed us maybe is not final or they're tweaking it. Or maybe they just want to save it because they did run us through pretty much a whole story mission in the demo at E3, and maybe they want to save that as like a non-spoilery thing for everybody.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. Like they, They've been pretty eager to show... Parts of the story, so I don't know why they would hide anything at this point, but if the game is so close to release now, they might just want to go like, okay, we don't need to show you a full mission. Let's just show you enough to whet your appetite.
0: Yeah, exactly. What did you think about the Cyberpunk demo at E3?
1: So I didn't oh, see the E3 me... demo. I had, there was a weird thing where City Project Red's emails weren't coming to Game Informer addresses for a while, so I had signed up for the, co- or the event, but never actually like, got the confirmation. It's like, all right, I guess I'm not going. But I did hear about it afterwards. It sounded a lot more interesting this time. Like, I, I really love the demo from last year. But this time, everyone's like, okay, this one actually just seems way more like a video game. It seems more like an RPG that, like, you're making real choices and focusing on your stats and your combat a lot. Mm-hmm. So I watched the Gamescom demo. That looks like, like he says only 15 minutes, but it does kind of harken to what people were saying about the A3 one. So I'm, I'm already well sold on the game as a big fan of The Witcher. I'm probably more sold on it now.
0: Yeah. Well, what they're showing here is they're pretty much just taking this mission that we saw and we walked through this whole mission as if we were playing it and they were explaining it step by step. This is definitely edited. They even say here the footage was edited to contain as few spoilers as possible. However, be aware that the gameplay does show characters and locations you will see while playing the game's main story arc. So that's clearly what they've done and why it's shorter is because they've edited out a bunch of the stuff that we got to see behind closed doors. But I mean, you get the same gist of it about meeting this, this character meeting the, the gang that he rules over and, one of the factions in the game and how they visually are represented and have a very specific, unique style and how they're in this one specific part of the world, I think is what's exciting because you you know, look at what they've done just with this one tiny area and go, wow, the world of Cyberpunk 2077 is actually quite large and quite detailed.
1: Yeah, my worry with that game had always been like that they're not going to be able to spend enough time with each individual character, so there's not going to be a Bloody barren style arc to a mm-hmm. character in that game that this seems like they are going to be able to do that. They are going to have characters that they want to get the writing nailed down first and then everything else will flow beyond that. that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with focusing on your narrative and building your mechanics around that. What I loved about this demo is that they really kind of showcase that the V that you choose to make and the things that you choose to spec your points into is really going to dramatically change how characters in the world react to you and what your options are going to be. Specifically with this mission, you know, depending on how you spec your V, it would you would be able to go in stealth. You can go in guns blazing. You can do a combination. There's going to be people you run into and you may or may not have specific dialogue options unlocked or not. So I think that, you know, with any good RPG, those are the kinds of things you want to see in a gameplay demo, and they definitely showcase it in this video, for sure.
1: Yeah. I remember last year, we asked them, like, do you... Is there a way to get through the game without shooting anyone? They're like, no. You ha- it's a combat game, because they have to do it. This year, they kind of changed their tune, so I kind of mm-hmm. wonder if, like, in the intervening year, they thought about it, like, okay, actually, we could make this work, that we could go through a nonviolent path, and that's that's kind of the way I like prefer, or prefer to play these games, so... I'm interested to see if that's, like, still true and how true it is.
0: I've never once done a non-lethal playthrough of a game. I am all about going in guns blazing. <laughs> I want the power fantasy of a video game.
1: It's it's more challenging to me, which is why I like it. So, like, yeah. with Human Revolution, that was the more fun way for me to play it. Because, like, I didn't like the shooting in that game necessarily, but even if it was fine, it just, it's more fun to kind of sneak around and, like, non lethally take everyone out.
0: Barrett?
2: Uh, yeah, like, Human Revolution, hell, yeah. Like, the sneak-in and figuring out, like, the hacks, like, when you're going into, like, these very, uh, intricate designed buildings and stuff, like, really fun. And then the same for, uh, games like, uh, Dishonored. Like, Dishonored is all about, like, the, the sneaky sneaks for for me.
1: Dishonored was an interesting one, because, like, the game tells you, oh, well, the plague happens if you kill more people and all yeah. that, but the non-violent paths for the actual targets were really fucked up.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you end up feeling like more of a monster for not killing them.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, like, one of the best uh, examples would be the, the clockwork uh, tower from um, or the clockwork mansion from Dishonored 2, where it's just like the design around not just like enemy placement, but like map design around doing like more like non-lethal stealth stuff it's just so fucking cool So I should play
1: that I've owned it for like two years it's my favorite games
0: Arcane is one of the best with that yeah. for sure yeah. Yeah. that's why they've always like the, the Dishonored series is I feel still kind of like a dark horse like it, it was really underappreciated for what it was yep. both of them yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. I, I think Dishonored Two is like one of the best games of this generation, and I feel like there's a lot. Like there was a small like crowd like kind of championing for it when it came out, but it yeah, it didn't get like the kind of u- universal like love that I think it should have got. I
0: think both of those games were released in a window that. You know, did not great. help them. Yeah, right? Like Final Fantasy yeah.
1: fifteen was like that month or something. Yeah, it was, and it was also a victim of Bethesda's weird review policy at the time, mm-hmm. where they yeah. didn't want to send anything out beforehand. So even though it was a great game, it didn't get a lot of play for it.
2: Yeah, uh, Arcane really got kind of uh, screwed with both of Dishonored two and then Prey soon after because those were like the first two games that they did that with. Yeah. So yeah, there was like a lot of like weird, um, not just like promoting through or like. Letting journalists know, but then I feel like their kind of promotion for those games were very lackluster. Yeah. Um, so I don't know.
0: It yeah,
1: I, I'm busted open after Control then, because I, I I've heard good things. I just never got around to playing it. Yeah.
0: Speaking of Control, <gasps> the Devmeister writes in and says, "Wow, this is the first time in a long time I've seen a shortage for physical copies of a game. I'm talking, of course, about Control. I usually pre-order physical copies of games." I'm really excited for it, especially if I want a special edition of some kind. But I wasn't on the hype train for Control since Quantum Break was meh. So after you guys talked it up so big, I decided to go to my local EB Games here in Toronto. And to my surprise, they had no free sell allotments, only the pre-order copies. Considering they're faltering, you'd think they'd want to capitalize instead of throttling their inventory. Did 505 Games not believe in their product and only print a modest amount of copies? What do you think the issue was here? Thanks for all you do. Devin.
1: It's not a lack of belief. 505 Games is a budget publisher. And like the f- control and stain are like their first big mm-hmm. strikes away from that to try and become like a bigger one. But the, you don't build those distribution networks and that like you don't get that money to create that much inventory overnight.
0: Absolutely. And I think 505 also recognize that a lot of sales are coming from digital. Yeah. And so when you're testing retail markets, you know, you want to. Under deliver instead of over deliver because then if you've spent money printing all these extra copies, then you just have to discount them and then you're losing all that money you've invested in the, the retail side. So, this is why I don't want to like say it again, but like if you do know you want a game, this is why pre ordering is important because it helps retailers manage how much inventory they're going to get. Um, but if you aren't sure, of course, wait. If you're like, oh, I don't know, like Imran. Imran doesn't want Marvel's Avengers Day One. He wanted he wants to wait and see what it's going to look like and make sure that you know they fix the things that are wrong with the game in his in his eyes. And so he would not be pre-ordering that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that like, it would. You, do yeah. you disagree? I don't disagree. I'm so, like I remember thinking over the weekend because I saw Control was like deeply discounted on Amazon. I think it was like twenty bucks off or something like that. Wait, really? Yeah, it, like thirty eight dollars. And I don't know if that was just a one-day sale or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's the reason you don't print too many g- copies. Because if a retailer has too much, they'll put it on sale.
0: Right. Exactly. That's well, because bad they for have to, yeah, because they have to move the have to move the units. But yeah. from what I've played so far, and it's not much, it's pretty great. But Barrett, people can hear about what you and Greg said about control on last week's gamecast.
2: Yep, uh, that's true. Uh, and then Andy beat it over, uh, I think, at one point last week, but. It's uh, one of his favorite games of the year, actually. So there you go.
0: Well, well, well.
1: I can definitely see that. I've only played like about two hours, but yep. it definitely seems super cool.
2: Yeah, I need to get more into it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't picked it up since before that games cast that we recorded. So I've just been busy and then playing mindless games like MLB The Show. and.
0: Beller, hurry up. Yeah. Gears is coming. <laughs> Borderlands ah, is coming. Ah. All right, now it's time to squad up. This is where you send your gameplay requests into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. And today, Evan is playing on PS4 and he says what's good KFGD crew I'm looking to team up with some best friends and what's good Guardians and Destiny 2 I've just gotten back into the game after a long time away but because of those sweet sweet cross saves I can now play on the PS4 I'm currently working my way through the Forsaken content and trying to grind my way to 750 to get ready for Keep. I mostly play on evenings and weekends Eastern Daylight Time PS I'm down to play other games as well such as The Division 2 and PPS keep up the amazing work love you guys Andrew best of luck with the move we'll miss you oh thanks Evan his name is the underscore optimal underscore cat so the optimal cat with underscores between the words the optimal cat all right let's see here time to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong this of course is where we ask you guys to keep us honest if you're watching at twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and I am scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I don't see it. There it is at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it was way down there. Um, okay. Let's see. This is from last week. Greg hasn't cleared out any of this. <laughs> um, let me find actually where we're at today. It says, um, a couple of you wrote in. Um, Alex Roos uh, wrote and said, they've never done console exclusivity for Overwatch ever. No, I didn't mean for the game. I meant for specific items. Lord of... Po- oh, no, that's not what I was asking for. Um, let's see. Uh, Katie, the Inter Website Championship is currently up online at twitch.tv slash PAX3 in the archives. Greg said if the audio is okay and it's synced, that they would look at clipping it and putting it on Kind of Funny Games on YouTube. But he has not confirmed if that's going to be the case. But if you do want to watch it, you can go to the Twitch channel. Um, mm-hmm. so Lord of Pounds says Blizzard ha- also has Overwatch 2 to talk about at BlizzCon, according to Jason Kotaku. Blizzard has only done timed exclusives for Overwatch skins, BlizzCon exclusive skins, Overwatch League skins, and a charity only skin. As for maps, they've only done limited time map variants. Nothing has been exclusive to one platform other than PC players having early access to maps and characters on their PTR or their private test realm. Alright, thank you for that. Um, but Matt the Wob says, what I'm reading is that there was a skin for Genji that only people who played Heroes of the Storm could get, which was only on PC. Oh, interesting. But you could get that skin on other Overwatch platforms if you played Heroes on PC? Is that what you're saying?
1: I'm not sure. I I know I played PC and to get it, that skin, so
0: Okay. Alright. Kebab says, after the E3 reveal, Crystal Dynamics said that the Avengers character designs won't change.
2: Blame.
0: Kebabs, mm. you're being very harsh towards Enron's opinion on the Avengers designs. Yeah, because I <laughs> saw the new demo and he didn't. We'll see. Dun-dun-dun. Um. Cat Lady Post
1: <laughs> post mentions... Catherine on Switch is a port of Latin version. Is Catherine on Switch a thing? I know there's a Catherine on PC. There's a Catherine on Vita, which was the remaster in Japan that they bring, didn't bring to America. I didn't realize they confirmed a Switch version. I don't think they did. Yeah, I, that doesn't sound right to me, but maybe I'm completely wrong.
0: Oh, this, is, uh, this feels just a little bit like how people are like, oh yeah, Persona 5 is coming to Switch
2: never gonna happen people just let it go <laughs> just let it go
0: atlas likes to take sony's money never forget it i'm um, okay let's see here Bortson says, for Stadia streaming, pulling up a browser on your console has not a large ability of working as the client side scripts are probably not going to be baked into the browser that's built into your console. The reason Google is requiring Chrome is because JavaScript they are writing can only be compiled in Chrome because it will be a custom written for Stadia and probably proprietary. And if the only browser can, and if the, if only, only if the browser can read the JavaScript it compiles, it runs, otherwise ignores it. That's exactly the nerdy answer I was looking for. <laughs> All of the stuff I don't understand about browsers.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of limiting in that way. Like, a thing has to be running Chrome, which I'm going to guess browsers will not be.
0: Um, Mike asked if we're going to skip over the news about um, Alex Hawalka's death. And yes, we decided to skip over it because I'm going to be honest, I didn't have time to fully research it. And you guys seem to get very upset when we talk about stories that we haven't properly researched. So I thought in lieu of not... T- in lieu of talking about it ill-informed, that we would just not talk about it today. And if you disagree with my decision, sorry. It was my call. Um, Let's see here. Uh, mm, what else we got here? Star Wars historian writes in, AT-AT is all-terrain armored transport. So it's basically AT-AT, not AT-AT.
1: Thank you. And it sounds less dumb, which is the more important thing.
0: It's still going to be a hotly contested thing once this video is published. Um, And that's it, it looks like. So thank you so much for tuning in to Kind of Funny Games Daily. Of course, you can find us on your favorite podcast service. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. It helps us out a lot. And if you want to go one step further, maybe leaving us a nice five-star review would be great. If you've only got a one-star thing to say, maybe just keep it to yourself. Don't let anybody else know. It's okay to hold hold that inside. Yeah. Um you can also watch at youtube.com slash kinda funny games where of course we've got a new episode of the Games Cast that was published yesterday. Bear gave me the thumbs up, so that must be correct. And we've got a lot more content coming up later this week. In fact, Get ready to hear all Imran Khan <laughs> all week long. Greg is just throwing him into the deep end with Kind of Funny Games Daily. But tomorrow, it's, Ger- it's Gary and Greg back from PAX. Thursday, Imran Khan is being joined by Suriel Vasquez. Did I say say Suriel's name right?
1: I believe so, yeah. And
0: then on Friday, it's Imran and Javi Gwaltney? Javi Gwaltney. Javi Gwaltney. Yeah. Javi. I don't then, think I've ever met Javi before.
1: He's Yeah, he's very nice. He, he also has a Twitter if people want to follow that, which he had not before.
0: Excellent. And Imran, Suriel, and JV will be hosting the games cast this week as well, which is Thursday at 2 p.m., like the normal time. If you're a patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames supporter, you can watch them record it live. It's going to be a fantastic week. Imran, are you ready? You ready for it? You think I'm, you got it all on your control?
1: Not at all, but thankfully they're coming to help me out. So we'll see how it goes out. You'll kill.
0: You're gonna do a great job. We everyone, everyone, jump on Imran's Twitter and give him some support. Imran, Z O M G. Thanks so much for hosting the show with me today. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, guys. And for now, it's been our pleasure to serve.